0: Hello, hello. Hello.
1: What's going on, my man?
0: Hanging in there. Doing okay.
1: Good, buddy. Good to hear that. Uh, I'm Sherman. And I'm Ski. And uh, welcome back to Sherman and Ski. We'll talk you into it. Uh, We're your hosts. And uh, I've I've been thinking about this particular act, this artist, pretty much since we started the idea of doing this podcast. And uh, it was only through the power and persuasion of Mr. Richard Harper that we are here where we are right now, where he said, you know, let's, let's stop holding on to the big ones and let's like, let's, let's tackle them. Let's get to it. And for me, this is a big one. And this week we are doing the pretenders and I could not be more excited about one of the very few bands. And and this is me being incredibly spoiled. This is one of the few bands I've never seen live and uh, I've always wanted to. And uh, you know, there was a gig that was scheduled to be, at the fillmore silver spring and uh uh, we had tickets and about three weeks beforehand uh they canceled uh i don't i don't remember if it was illness or what but still never seen the pretenders so uh hopefully one of these days i'll I'll get to do that
0: i had one chance to see them and it was around the mid-90s and i think it was like the the modern rock radio station in san francisco live 105 they had a a uh, festival every year to the BFD. Um, and I think they were on that lineup and it was Chrissy Hind and the original drummer, Martin Chambers was back in the lineup at that time. And so this is around like <laughs> that last of the independence album um, that got, that was some, good. That was a really good album. And it got, I mean, night in my veins was, mm-hmm. it got a lot of airtime uh, on MTV at the time. Um, and so I'm glad I had that. So that was my only chest. So that's what, like 25 years ago, but you did see them. Um, you got, but I did you got see them. them. Yeah. So
1: how she sound?
0: Well, she sounds phenomenal live, and I just think it's like, I you know, we talk about the Pretenders as a band. It's really Chrissy Hine and a bunch of other people, <laughs> and to be honest, but it, <laughs> and it's that's hard but, but fair. It's it's fair. I mean, like I was, I mean, I was going through their Wikipedia page just like trying, trying to catch up with like all the lineups that they've had over the years, and I was getting a headache. Um, but she sounded phenomenal. I mean. She's the essence of cool, um, she dominates the stage, and you're drawn and you're drawn to her, and that's that's the focus of the band, that's always been the focus of the band, she's the main songwriter, and you can't take your eyes off of her because she just owns that stage and dominates that stage. And look, the guys that she plays with are great. Uh, Martin Chambers has, you know, at least has some ties to like those first two classic Pretenders albums. But, yeah, this is Chrissy Hines' band, man. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to see her again. Well, let's hope. I mean, they
1: actually, they have a new record out, or we should say Mm -hmm. that she has a new record out under The Pretender's title. Um, And the song that I've heard off of it, which I totally don't remember the name of, um, is also really terrific. I mean, that's the thing about she's got such a unique style that no matter when she comes out, and it's kind of like no matter when she drops something, it's never something where you turn it off. Like, or no. I don't anyway, but like, it's not something where you're like, Oh God, here she is again. You know, like it, it's almost like she knows exactly when the time, like showing back up and reminding everybody that like, she's an OG when it comes to like, like, I don't want to say new wave. Maybe I do want to say new wave. But like new wave punk. Yeah. You know, like Yeah.
0: No, I was going to say, yeah, that's exactly right. Like it's, it, they came out of the punk era, new wave sensibilities, but while they, they've toured with a keyboard player, you know, the keys aren't, it's not like a synth band by any means. And so that's, they're not that part of the new wave scene. So I, I like, post-punk new wave like, and one of my notes is the definition of post-punk and i'm not quite sure what exactly that means but i'm sticking with it
1: <laughs> i like that you're rolling with that i do like that you're continuing that uh, along with that um, yeah. that's what it should be that's exactly what it should be uh, they're, they're they're quintessential that this is also this is the first one that we're doing where i don't think there's a wrong answer I don't think there's a wrong answer in picking a song. I don't think that there, I I would find it hard to say like that you're going to come up with two songs and I'm going to come up with two songs and they're going to be the wrong choice. That's one of the things that I love about this pick is that we're not going to, we're not going to make a bad decision. It's impossible to make a bad decision because they have such a plethora of incredible songs to pick from. It's an impossible task to pick only two songs from the pretenders. We're going to do it. But but it's it's impossible to say, OK, these are the best two, because the best two that I pick and the best two that you pick, you know, we could get two two other people, 10 other people, maybe up to 20 other people that could pick two totally different songs and still be right
0: there. First, you could do an episode where you pick two songs from the first two albums and I pick two songs from the first two albums and we'd have a solid episode you could do, a, you know a podcast where you pick maybe one of the songs from the first two albums, but then you focus, or you didn't know you, you could focus on the third album, which is probably their, I don't know, for my money, maybe it's their, their best album. album yes. You know. Learning to crawl. So you, Absolutely, so you could, the you could album. do four songs off of learning to crawl, and then you can throw in night in my veins off of the 94. Uh, I don't want to, you call it a comeback record. I don't know if it's a comeback record, but in an era of, in that era know, it was. Yeah, yeah. And that era it kind of was because they, they, you know, they were a, a ways away from the early, you know, 80s. I mean, we could do a podcast just on, you know, their first 15 US UK singles, and it's chock full of hits. <laughs> so you could do <laughs> po- you could do a podcast on their, you know, album tracks, and you have a solid podcast there. So yeah, tons to choose from here in this tons band. to choose from. Totally agree. I will just uh, stress
1: to our audience since uh, we are in a situation where we have put together these put together these podcasts. And uh, in some cases, I've put together a playlist that goes along with it. Uh, in some cases, I have not. Um, I will tell you that, number one, we're not going to pause to listen to music breaks because it, it, it's erasing our audience. So we're just going to blow through it. We're not going to wait to try to type those things in so that everybody knows. But there's nothing that you're going to go wrong with if you listen to anything off of Pretenders 1, Pretenders 2, or <laughs> Learning to Crawl. There's nothing you're going to go wrong with. If you've been listening to this podcast, you can listen to all three of those records right in a row, and you'd get a full sense of what it is that we're talking about. And that does not mean to denigrate their later catalog in the slightest because it doesn't even include some of their biggest hits. the, the first the, those, those three records don't even include all of their big hits.
0: Well, and they can do so many different kinds of songs, too, because they can do the, you know, the, the post-punk new wave cool. They can do the full-throttle rocker. And let's be honest, I mean, they can do a ballad. And oh. and on top of that, like one of their most streamed songs is basically a Christmas track that will pop up on your, your uh, Christmas album. So they can, yeah. uh, they can, she can cover all bases there.
1: There is nothing that Chrissy Hine can't do. Um, Ski, I'm going to give you first crack. Pick it.
0: Well, this is one that um, I'm going to pick Middle of the Road. And it's off Learning to Crawl. And it's probably my favorite Pretender song. And one that I've tried to do karaoke on several safe space karaoke occasions and the reason why i keep it in safe space karaoke is i can't keep up with chrissy Hines' lyrics i can't keep up with her vocal there's just an easy cool feel about it which is it's effortless it's soft it's almost spoken um but you 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 can't be imitated and so i can't keep up with it and so sometimes i wonder if i should just pack it away and not even try but I, I keep coming back to it because I, I think it's it's the best song. It's one of their rockers, you know. Talking about doing very d- different styles, it's just one of their full throttle rockers, and she just brings everything to it. Um, grit, cool. Uh, They're cool. Know, bravado. Jeez, cool. There's no question
1: about that. She like underlined in big it.
0: capital letters, badass. Yes. So uh, yes. middle of the road.
1: Middle of the road is great. We could take a brief pause. So you can go listen to Middle of the Road and get a sense of it. All right, pause over. So the (laughs) (laughs) so is it the original drummer on Middle of the Road? Is it no?
0: So he left after. So it was. So what happened was? No, I take that back. It was the original drummer. But they got rid of the other two
1: guys. Learning
0: crawl. But the other two guys. One was fired and then he died and then the other just flat out died, you know, both uh, drug related. (laughs) And so wait, they both died. They both died. Yeah. So she she lost her guitarist and bass player after the first two records, the original drummer was on board for learning to crawl, Mm uh, Martin Chambers and he did live a, but it was right after live a that he was let go before being brought back, uh, for their, for their mid nineties revival. Um, So just the fact that they were able to craft their best album, sort of like ACDC back in black, you know, after they lost Bon Scott. Oh, I didn't hear that. I
1: did not hear that
0: comparison. And so they lose two of their original members. And we said we could do a whole podcast on the first two albums. And they come back with their their best album, um, top to bottom. So... And middle of the road is just—it's—it's it's just one of those, like I said, gritty. It倍's I ripped. know she's not—I know she's not from New York, but it just has that gritty New York feel to it. Um, and yeah, you try to sing it—you can't keep up with it. You can't imitate her; no one can. And it has one of the best breakdowns of all time. One, and then just give you a good. <precipitous> you know <laughs> the um, it's it's just one of the best Come breakdowns on, I, i've ever heard and then it, it can build, builds back up again and then you got those you know th- full throttle guitars those crunchy guitars to bring it back uh, let's talk you know, so about
1: for like a hot second though like she does a legit like right after what you're talking about right where she do, where where they count in all of the instruments and they build the song back up after they've broken it down to mm-hmm. so like nothing whether she she doesn't isn't that where she throws in that like cheetah like thing? <laughs> isn't that what she It's does
0: it right there? It's right. It's right before. And let's give it up for a good eighties harmonica solo. It's right before it's right they before kick before into that. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think like, okay, this is obviously a phenomenal song and this is going to be a hit. And then, oh, wait, we got harmonica solo after a cheetah growl. Yes, yes. please. Where do we sign so, up? <laughs> I'm all in here. Are all my chips. I'm all in. So, <laughs> just yeah. Somebody, I mean, just take there's nothing more I can say about it. It's like it, it, she can't be imitated. And maybe that's she inspired so many artists like Liz Fair I was also thinking like she... You know, every, my, every one of my favorite Brit pop bands of the nineties, I think were influenced by the pretenders and it's a great
1: line with Alaska and totally.
0: And there's no question. And, and also the other band I was thinking of is the police because the lineup is just fascinating that it, you know, Chrissy high born and raised in Ohio, and then three Brits and. So, so you have that Brit pop sensibility that I've loved from from the 90s. um, And then, which that's just American, you know, punk, new wave, New York feel to it. Right.
1: The new wave thing, though, connects with the Brit thing. And, you know, we talk about him a lot and reference him, or uh, or at least I feel like we do. But there is so much of Joe Jackson and and all of his new wave guitar driven stuff that. that, and Elvis Costello as well. Like those two guys mm-hmm. like have like a direct influence on that pretender sound or like simultaneously coming up, like at the same time. And like, yeah. it's, it's that it like, and we brought this up before too. The strokes basically, I don't want to say rip off the sound, but they, uh, they have borrowed, they borrowed everything from that era. I remember when the strokes first came out and everybody was talking, yourself included, you know, like, oh, no question. I mean, you were, you were all about them. I was you in it, yeah, from, from, from the jump. But a lot of people were, were, were saying, okay, the strokes have brought back the Ramones New York punk scene, which was not accurate at all. They brought back a cool New York sound, but the more you listen to the strokes, and this is a compliment, but the more you listen to the strokes, the more you listen to people that took riffs that were new wave riffs, and and, yeah. and they were, and, and it was still guitar, it wasn't new wave synth, it was new wave riffs. And, and those riffs are tight, they're clean, and the Pretenders were terrific at them. They're absolutely
0: terrific. Can't add anything to that. And I'd love to hear what you know, your pick is because, gosh, I mean, I'm about to jump into my next one, but I want to give you a chance to so jump in here too. <laughs> the
1: hardest part about me making a call uh, on what my next pick is, is that, as I said, out of these three albums, Pretenders 1, Pretenders 2, and Learning to Crawl, you can't make a bad choice. You I can't. I, I like there, there. It's the first of any of like. I would not tell everyone to go listen to all of User Illusion one and two. We had that conversation, and we right. <laughs> we know. We,
0: we covered that extensively. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we, Stay we, tuned for the Guns podcast. Been yes.
1: Thorough about that. Like, but yes. there's plenty of like. You know. Do I think you could listen to the entire saturation record by Urge Overkill without stopping? Of course I do. But that doesn't mean you can listen to all of the rest of them. Like, I, it's, this is a, this is, this is, and I believe this is three straight albums, right? It's one, two, and then learning to crawl, right? That's yeah. it. That's the sequence. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is a holy trifecta that we're talking about here. Um, and Middle of the Road is the lead track off of Learning to Crawl. And, you know, really, you could rip through that whole first side and argue that that's one of the best first sides of any album of the eighties. Uh, you really could. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a, it's possibly arguable, but I'm going to go with the last song off of pretenders one and it's mystery achievement
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mystery achievement is a, I, I feel like it, what I, I could be wrong and I've been ski. I'm sure you're actually looking at a computer and possibly could look it up, but I don't believe that was ever released as a single. I believe that's one no. of those like album tracks that like has kind of gotten play over the years. Um, but it has that ridiculous baseline. Like, yeah, the, like, like, and like, and then the, the guitars ring in and then she's just like sultry with it, you know? Yeah. And she, and they, the way that she comes in and she sings on my mind, on my mind, on my mind, and it's like every day, hey, hey, uh-huh. people don't even know that they know this song that's the thing that's so awesome about mystery achievement it actually is a mystery achievement because people don't realize that they know the goddamn song and they know it because it's so catchy and it's like and it's like got that beat and that like new wave bop thing going with it and it's just like it, it just it just carries everything and it's the last song on the record like yeah like, like you again you can make a case for almost any song off of one two or learning to crawl and yet The last song on this record is the one that gets in my head and the drums are so crisp. Like Martin is smoking it on those drums and it's precise and it's clean and it's, it's, it's kind of everything. And like, she just kind of makes you feel like, I don't know. It's like, it's almost like she makes you feel like you're, you're in like a, uh, like a speakeasy with her, you know, like, and like, and it's like, you're like, or like you're in Maxwell's in Hoboken or like you're uh, at whatever the equivalent is in, in San Francisco That is like like 150 person club and it's hard to get a ticket. And like you're in this room and you're getting something and you're getting something that other people like should totally be there for. Like that song, like what I wouldn't give to hear Mystery Achievement like done like just for like a small group of people who just freaking get it. Like it's just, oh, I love, I love Mystery Achievement. I think it's awesome.
0: And it's a bar, it's a bar band track in a lot of ways. Um, and it shows. Yeah, it just shows their versatility and what, you know, she can, I would say, they, I get, I mean, it's, I'm trying to give credit where credit's due, because I do think those first two albums in particular, the rhythm section is so good and the crashing rhythm section. Um, but yeah, it's the type of song that you you're in a bar in a small club and you're sipping whiskey late at night and then they pull this one out. It's a like, whiskey. Oh, okay. It's a whiskey sipper. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh okay. <laughs> and the other thing that I thought is like, it's I think excellent. we and maybe maybe others that are listening to this podcast that were trying to turn on to Pretenders, you know, maybe they just caught like one of their greatest hits compilations. And I mean, not they did on that. It, and
1: it's not on it. Yeah.
0: And they did that off of you know after the. the the first three records and then they did get close where she shuffled the lineup again. Um, And, but then they put out like the, like I said, the first 15 us and UK singles. So when I got back to collecting again, um, the pretend, the first two pretender records were some of the first two that I got on vinyl. And I, it's this type of song that otherwise I would have missed because like you said, it's the last track, but when the type of song that I like to fully appreciate, you do kind of need to, yeah, I don't know. You kind of need to sit down, listen to an album all the way through, and then have that be the closing statement. It makes and you want
1: to listen to it again.
0: It makes you yes. want to
1: flip that record back over and start over again with side one, track one.
0: Because the the album doesn't make sense unless you hear "Mystery Achievement" as the closer, and then like you, yeah, you, you're exactly right. Then you want to go back and listen to it again. Like oh, okay, now I get it. Let mm-hmm. me listen to it. You know, now that I've had that experience, and I closed with this song, let me go back to it again. I'm I'm prou- perfect. Closer. I'm
1: proud that it's a deep cut. Um, there are so many hits, and I can't wait to read off all of them when we're finished making our choices. <laughs> because yeah. like, because I, to anyone that is sitting there going like Yeah, but what about like, dude, I know, or Dudes, I know. I know. I know. Well, I know. I swear yeah, to you. we got
0: I it. We get it. We get it. We
1: get it. We get it. <laughs> we get it. This is this, like, like I could spend. I could have spent hours trying to figure out which is the best choice, or what is what it charted the Like I know, mystery achievement didn't chart. Listen to the song and then tell me I'm wrong. I mean, like, I mean, you and you can't tell me I'm wrong. And you know what? You'd be right, and I'd be right. And that's my point,
0: right? <laughs> well, it's it's like a, it's something we always come back to on these podcasts. In which direction you we're to go in, and like when we did the Poison podcast, and we're not going to go for deep cuts, right? I mean, we're going go to go the hits. You want to hear the hits? We got the hits. Um, I don't know. And something I, to believe it was a little bit of a yeah, I mean, that was. Uh, it was no, come on, it, it's a hit. <laughs> so, I don't know. I
1: mean, all right, let's talk about Pretenders. Fuck Poison.
0: But the Pretenders, it, and I think middle of the road charted, and so it was a hit. And I think you know, oh, yeah. a lot of. And it is—it's one of the it's a staple on '80s radio. I think it's a staple on rock. new wave radio and classic rock radio. So it, it spans all of those. Um, but the Pretenders are a band that, at least in getting ready for this podcast, I just—I did want to dig a little deeper, make sure, you know, we're not just covering the hits. And so, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of this, we'll have—we'll have, we'll have a greatest hits album that we didn't touch on. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but, but for me, it just goes back to again when I started collecting albums again these were two, for two of the first ones uh, that I got. So um, you, you gotta dig deep, especially Pretenders 2 for, um, you know, I don't think that had a lot of chart hits. And so, yeah, there, there's so many ways, d- different directions that you can go in. And this is a podcast I just, I wanna make sure that we covered all bases. And so Mystery Achievement was a perfect And let's
1: also just add, uh, before I forget, like the person who produced the first three Pretenders records is the same person. And it's Chris Thomas, and I don't know Chris Thomas, yeah. and I wouldn't know Chris Thomas if I sat next to him on the metro. But I gotta tell you, that guy got the best sound out of out of out of Chrissy and the rest. And it's never a question of whether or not her vocals are incredible because they're very very unique. They're so they're so sexy. I mean, like wh- what
0: they're so sexy. It's so no, sexy, it's...
1: and it's like you like you want to hang out with her. Whiskey's a great a great way to describe it. Like you like the, the, It is the perfect song. Uh, or uh, the perfect band to be playing when like you're hanging out in a bar. I mean, there were these things called bars and people hung out in them without masks and without social distancing. And we all hung out and drank and stayed up way too late and waited till the bar closed. And then closing time came on and everybody had to leave. Like th- that was a thing folks. That was a thing. And, <laughs> and, and, and if there was a decent jukebox, it would have, at least one of these three records or potentially, you know, one of the greatest hits records, like the, the pretenders, the singles compact disc, which I'm staring at, which, you know, has a lot of great things on it. Like there's no, um, there's no, again, it, it's difficult to go wrong. It's difficult to go wrong uh, with Chrissy Hind, no matter what it is she's doing, but let's give a little credit to Chris Thomas in the same way that we've given some credit to Martin Chambers. Like let's give credit to the producer who never seems to get any credit, but man, they really, you know, it's produced crisply, and it has that sound. The sound remained consistent through all three of these records, and, you know, there's only, what, three constants, right? It's Martin, Chrissy, and Chris Thomas.
0: Well, I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, Chris Thomas also did, of course, worked on NXS albums, and so... That explains and he, a lot for me. <laughs> he, he did Kick, and he did X. Um, and he also was in line to do, I think, all of How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb by U2, um, but they... I mean, I think for some reason or other, I don't think they felt like they were going in the right direction, so they switched gears. So anyway, um, so well, he's touched explain, on a lot of different I artists. I just
1: want to say this, because I wanted to tuck this in, but you brought up NXS, so I'll stick with that. I wanted to just mention that there is a duet on the mid-'90s record, Full Moon, Dirty Hearts by NXS. There is a duet uh, with Chrissy Hind and Michael Hutchins, and I had certainly never put an NXS Chrissy Hine... Um, uh a reason why they had done a duet but if they had the same producer for x and for all of these hits all of a sudden you've connected a thread that's been a question mark in my mind for uh i don't know 25 years so thank you ski
0: so i'm surprised you didn't (laughs) immediately recognize his name from the nxs albums i mean that's inexplicable but okay (laughs) like when he said that i'm like what do you mean you don't know who he is for god's sakes man he produced kick um so yeah, no, I, I that there's a connection there, uh for never sure. And also speaking of duet, she did one with U B forty that got a lot of airplay and I think appears on a lot of their, their compilations as well, a cover of uh I got you yes. baby. Uh, is um, that so... is that your
1: next choice? Probably
0: not. No, it certainly is not. No, <laughs> look, I mean I'm not <laughs> I'm not knocking
1: I know I don't I know, know I never played that one and I'm staring at the disc.
0: <laughs> I don't want well, to knock U B forty. Well, I'm gonna briefly, but it's like UB40 was one of those bands in middle school, high school, that kids that were just a step ahead of you on being cool about music. And look, I had my alternative rock phase where I was very particular, very clear about what was acceptable and what was not. Um, But a lot of those kids that were ahead of me in middle school, while I was still listening to Huey Lewis, UB40 was one of those bands and just, and I've never gotten it to this day. So... I don't know. I, I they, they. It strikes me as one of those bands that, um, you know, just you were so important if you were into UB the, the I, I, I can't. I cannot
1: discuss UB40 other than to mention that back in the times before all this crap, um, of all people, my mother, who is seventy three years old, um, was in Aruba last last fall, and and partied with members of UB40. Well, there you go. I just want to say, Mom. I know you're not listening, but shout out to you for coming back with a story about how you hung out in a bar with one of the members of Original. We think UB40. There's some controversy about how many different versions of UB40 are actually out there. I'm not sure if you're up on the UB40 news, but you know, apparently, there's kind of like. Uh, rival UB40s that tour, depending on who was in ub 40 Of course there
0: is. Right, of <laughs> course know? there I, is. I don't none know. None
1: of yeah. that makes sense. Um, I would like to uh, in a moment of errata, realize that the, it's actually the lead, the title track off of uh, Full Moon Dirty Hearts by In Excess is the duet with Chrissy Hind and In Excess called Full Moon Dirty Hearts, which she sounds great on, to be honest. It's, it, it's not their best. It's not their best record in excess that's a whole other story but like it's but you know she's she sounds great singing with um with mr hutchins
0: as as what another quick aside before i then you're i promise you listeners i'll I'll get back to my (laughs) second pick but the one of the first times sherman had a look at my cd collection i had two in excess albums i had welcome to wherever you are and i had full moon dirty hearts and you were like wow you have full moon dirty hearts (laughs) i didn't have kick I didn't have listen like thieves. I had full moon dirty Hearts. Like, wow, yeah, that one, like, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: listen, I you know, the band appreciates your support uh, in this in, yes. in, in even back then they needed it. Uh, you know, anyway, in excess a whole other yeah. topic that I am literally could spend days talking about. Go ahead. What is your next pick? Again, there are no what, bad I love
0: picks. that you no they're not and i love that your set, your first pick was mystery achievements because i'm going to go to the top of the album with Excellent. precious um and you're talking you, again like that album it's start to finish and if mystery achievement closes the album and ties everything together and then you want to go back to the beginning you go back to precious and it's probably the most punk song um dirty gritty um i i can't even try again to imitate you know what she's doing with her voice it's a soft almost spoken she coos and then she can belt it out yeah. you know when she wants to get loud and it, it, it combines that that brit pop attitude of the 90s beautiful expressive guitars and the other band that i think of you know and listen to precious that we both love it's and they took it obviously to a different level bringing in more sense and Beats and that is garbage, and I think you know Chrissy Hine and Shirley Manson uh-huh. are you know kindred uh-huh. spirits uh, <laughs> in so many ways, and in particular, like I and I don't I don't remember they they played this one in '94 when I saw them. I doubt it because you know it's a festival, a short set. Um But the way Shirley Manson can you know prowl uh, around the stage, I would imagine like when Chrissy Hine is doing Precious, she's prowling, even though she's playing guitar too. But she's she's on the prowl and she's dominating the stage. So that kicks off, um, you know, their, their their iconic debut, closed by uh, mystery achievement. So the bookends of this album have to be uh, on this podcast. Uh,
1: I mean, of course. <laughs> like like, yeah. like uh, I, I'm I'm thrilled you picked it. Uh, you know, it's hard to get away from how incredible. It, it, the, that as a debut song you know i don't remember if i've been pumping this or not on the previous podcast but it's certainly a, a fine time to do it i'm i've done an evolving playlist on our uh, on sherman and ski on spotify of, of mm-hmm. all-time best debut singles ever and what i mean by that or tv tracks i should say not singles this is the first song that you hear when you put on pretenders one this is the mm-hmm. first. So if you if you were Joe Blow, in your cool John Cusack jacket, walking in the, to Championship Vinyl, and you were like, "Oh, who are these people with a cool album cover?" and you brought it home and you didn't know what it was, you the first song you hear is "Precious." This is your first introduction to the band. It is a quintessential introduction into what this band is going to be, and the and every what? bit of everything you're talking about the ripping guitar of precious the her range the tightness of yeah. the sound it just sounds taut all of it sounds just very like just like like a taut rope you know just like a thing. like you just ah it's just it, it's clean it 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 doesn't feel effortless it it it's at all it feels it feels um disciplined uh and, and uh, but on and on purpose and purposeful that that, that they're they're propelling you somewhere you know the the, the 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 all four parts are working together to get you to a place. That's one of the great parts about killer stroke songs. You know when there's five guys you know pushing in that same direction, and then it makes it even more amazing. Quite honestly, that like you know like you have this incredibly you know um, sexy throated. Lead singer, you know, carrying these other three dudes in the same way that we talked this way about Blondie, you know, but a, a, but kind of a little different in that, like you know, like there was always Debbie Harry and the band in some regards, and like you know, this has always just been Chrissy Hind, right? Like like you were just saying, like it's there were like totally like Blondie is like okay, it was deliberate, like even in the album artwork, you have like you know Debbie Harry in the front and then the other guys behind her, right, flanking her, and it's very visually uh, arresting, you know, like, okay, like it's, it's dynamic, right? Pretenders, man. It's like, you, you you know, it's, it's her, it's her thing. And like, they're all supporting that. And, and they're all pushing in the same direction. They're all rowing together. Um, that's Precious is an awesome pick. It's an awesome song. It's an awesome debut track. Uh, and if you like Precious, you're going to like the Pretenders.
0: Well, and it's funny because I think, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Buying these two vinyl records, I came into The Pretenders and buying those records with the hits. And I love the hits. And so so it was sort of like my, my reintroduction to the band because I hadn't heard Precious before. I, I knew I just knew the hits. And so I thought I knew what The Pretenders were all about, but I didn't. And that is, uh, yeah, that was the first indication of like this band is so much bigger than what you've already heard and can go in so many different directions than what you've already heard and now you you take it in you absorb it and it makes you appreciate even more though i think the hits which again we promised you fair listeners we'll get to we're going to the you know, what we'll those get hits to the are. hits we'll get to the hits yeah <laughs> but it's but it, it's sort of an indication of like yeah this band is so much more than what you thought they were and in some way the one way maybe to describe it is it i I, I described it initially as like they're the most punk rock song and i still think that's the case but it's it's like punk rock it's they're not a garage band so no, they're it's not too clean you know, four kids that got together um, in a garage and just made a noisy sound and i love those records the first clash album comes to mind but they're like they, they know how to play their instruments and you know it, they know how to create a sound and working with, the, with chris thomas they knew how he knew what kind of sound he wanted to get out of them um and so they have that punk attitude they have a little bit of that punk sound but as you said it's cleaner it's tighter it's focused and i i disagree with you slightly in that her vocal does still strike me as you know effortless i think she can walk up to a microphone and just do it and you know and it can't be imitated can't be duplicated many have tried and everyone it has failed it's, it's not, not possible
1: <laughs> well i i guess i guess it's not that um I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, it, she, she makes it look easy, right? For, for sure. She makes it look yes. effortless. And I, and I feel like there, but there is that, there is that sandpaper element to her voice, uh, which it, to, it, to me is a compliment, um, you know, like, and she's got range, you know, like she just gets to these points where like, she, yeah, it's an instrument. It's an instrument she's playing. Her, like her vocals are an instrument. And I, I find that, you know, I love a good front man or front woman, like, you know, but like where she can go with it, it's like you're following a serpent through a garden and you don't know where you're going, but she knows where she's going. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> you don't want to go. You're not but sure you're you going, want to go. But you're you're it. You kind of want it. You know, you're, like,
1: you're chasing the snake. Um, so I got to tell you. I'm at this point where I've got to pick my second song, and it is a toss-up, my friend. It is a toss-up. Uh, I mean, it, you know, honestly, it could be like a 20-sided die kind of toss-up where it doesn't matter which one I pick because um, it it's it, it, they're all good. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with, from Pretenders 2, I'm going to go with Message of Love. Mm, which is a riff heavy track um and it has that ringing guitar thing that goes along with that um where like that's what you notice you notice that trap drum that starts it out and has that beat and then she's like the reason we're here and she's like and, and then she's like low and she's like and she kind of keeps it low until she like Gets really high with it, and she's like, "Like Bridget Bobo," and she's like, "Way up high with it." And then, like, <laughs> and and I feel like there's a precision, and it, maybe that's what's drawn me back to this song. Um, and then I'll, afterwards, I'll tell you the other one that I almost picked. Like, literally, there was like five seconds decision here, like, but like, there's a precision about this track, and it's it's a rhythm track, but like, it it goes in directions and still stays rooted to that to that riff. And so it's a riff-heavy song. I have no idea if it ever if it ever charted. I think it was a single because it's on my singles collection as well. Um, but I think "Message of Love" is a really strong new wave 1981 rock track. I feel like if you like "Message of Love," you're gonna like the Pretenders. You know, like if I'm try- if I'm trying to stick with the whole thesis of the podcast, like it's a good one to pick because. If you like "Message of Love," you're probably gonna like most of the rest of the songs. Um, and it's tight. Again, it sticks with everything we were talking about. It's another tight song. Um, it carries it along, um, and it's got those cool croony things that she does. You know, where she's just singing like ooh, ooh, and like it just like it just goes with that. Like I, there's there's a lot to like about it, as far as I'm concerned. And and again, I could have picked 20 other songs, and you and and whoever would be criticizing me for not picking one of those 20 songs has a very strong case and could be right.
0: <laughs> right. know I, I I, don't have much to add other than I think you, something from that second album has to be represented because it didn't have, even off of, the, you know, the first album, um, you know, I think had a couple of classic singles and the second one, you know, you had dig a, you had to dig a little deeper into it, but it just, it shows how. Yeah, I mean, these these are tight songs that they put out and they didn't waste any notes and they're not going to meander. They're not going to go in several different directions. It's going to be a tight, focused pop song with the new wave punk sensibilities to it. So I I think that's a perfect pick and a perfect selection. Well, and again, <laughs> a, a, a way that like I just I was reintroduced to the band with with those albums. And um, so Message of Love is another one that I would love to hear uh live again i'm gonna have to look up that set list from 94 because i think it was brief i think it was the hits um what i also remember is she for one song she said thank you ladies and then the next song we didn't think thank you boys so i i don't know i her stage presence was
1: was so good that's cool Um,
0: it was so good and i've never forgotten that because yeah but let's just include the whole audience i'm gonna i'm gonna this one's for the boys And ladies, you'll have your turn next. So message of love. I
1: mean, what I was almost ready to go with, I mean, and there's so many, there's so many. Everyone, you got the four. But there's so many more songs, like just so many great stuff. I was like right on the border of doing My City Was Gone from Learning to Crawl, which has one of the best bass lines in like the history of rock and roll to like just like start it up. And then like, again, it's very similar to. Um, when everything drops out on um, middle of the road you know like where where like where they yeah. build the song back up it's a it's a neat trick if you can do it well and build that build those elements and they did a great, they do an amazing job on my city was gone and that's the one where she sings uh, hey ho age hey, you go ohio and there's that boo, boo 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 the bass thing it's just so great it's sultry and it's slinky and like it was it's really hard not to pick that one um so that's my number three is my city was gone uh i absolutely love it ski do you have a three i we realize we're breaking the rules but it's it's impossible
0: well before i I jump into that i want to pile on that one i think that's a phenomenal pick and once they played with um i was reminded today and getting ready for this podcast they played that with neil young uh when they were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and so that yeah. was one of the songs that they picked to play and Neil know young mm-hmm. guitar i mean C- come, come on, on. I uh, uh, I so I go to bed. and 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 they were inducted the same year as u2 which was appropriate because and i'm going to drop some u2 knowledge oh, here um she sang backing vocals on pride in the name of love off of unforgettable God. fire uh. and yes and so when when he said so when you two played that song at the rock and roll hall of fame he bono pointed to chrissy said chrissy and you know go, Whoa, uh, uh. if you look at the album she's credited uh the backing vocals by uh, was it Miss Christine Kerr because she was married to the lead singer of Simple Minds at the time. You are a last name you are Kerr, a, so.
1: Encyclopedia bang. Brown of this podcast this particular podcast. Bang. You are dropping M- Bang! bang. You're carpet bombing us with, with factoids. I love it.
0: So before I get I am going to get to the hits, folks. But before that, I am in a. My, if I had to do a third one, I would have done Night in My Veins off of Last of the Independents. You from know, much respect. Because, man, much
1: respect for going later catalogs.
0: Let's give it some love because it was a nice. Yeah, they were able, they were able, to, able to carve out a niche for themselves amidst this um, modern rock scene. And they were able to get my attention again. I grew up on 80s pop radio, so I knew who the pretenders were. But at that time, but I did it. I did it as I found out later. But at that time, you know, I was very particular about which albums I was going to buy. And I'm like, again, limited
1: funds. Limited funds at that
0: point. This is one of those things. Yeah. There's
1: another podcast that is going to be a lot more listened to, has talked about this recently, um, where they talk about people don't realize who are listening to stuff now, how much stuff they get for free. And like, it was not, you had to make a decision when you went to the wall or Sam Goody or, uh, you know, or Amoeba or where, or, you know, Scotty's records in Morristown. Like you had to make a choice folks. And you had to say, I'm going to spend 1699 on this. Cause there was no other way to get this yeah. stuff. You had to buy it and they knew it. They had you by the nuts. Like if it was discount, it was 1499. And it was not easy. To, again, minimum wage was like what four seventy five, five hundred five, something like that. Like, like, like <laughs> that's three hours of work, and you had to decide, and plus tax, like whether or not you were going to buy last independence. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, didn't. I...
0: No, I, I. That's exactly right. I mean, and that's why I joined Columbia House and those mail-in, you know clubs because it are so tempting. How could you pass up the opportunity? For a penny. You know, to get six 12, albums for 1 cent.
1: I'm
0: all cent? in on that. I'm all yeah. in on <laughs> that. Um okay, look, I, so and I will also make a plug for um their new album The I think the lead track that you might have been talking about, Yeah, hate for, hate for sales. Sales, which mm-hmm. when I first heard it, I thought, yeah, they're they're going back to that that sound. Um, And we need it now. And we need that song now. So I'm going to give Hate for Sale some love. But look, I mean, the hits are what they are. Um, Brass in Pocket, Back on the Chain Gang, Don't Get Me Wrong. They're beautiful songs. And we could have gone with any one of them. Um, I I could listen to Brass in Pocket all day. It's just a simple, beautiful Uh, pop song. And shows her range as a vocalist, The uh,
1: moment I fell in love with my now wife was when she sang Brass in Pocket at karaoke the first night I hung out with her. Like, yeah. that was it. I was like, oh, my God. Who, who is this? Like, <laughs> 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 and now I'm in my basement that I share with my wife.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Thank I you, Chrissy. Chrissy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, 100%. <laughs> like, so, in theory, I should have taken that, like, just out of, like, pure, um, you know, to be a pure wife guy. I mean, it just – Look, the the singles collection by the Pretenders, it's I mean, we haven't even mentioned most of these songs, right? The first four. No, the first six songs on here, we didn't bring up like Stop Your Sobbing, which is on which is on Mm -hmm. uh, Pretenders one kid, which is incredible and comes right after Stop Your Sobbing Mm -hmm. on Pretenders one. You know, Brass in Pocket, Talk of the Town is on Pretenders two.
0: Talk of the Town. Yeah,
1: those are those are great great songs. And Chrissy Hind really did does a lot of ballads. Like you mentioned the Christmas yeah. What is that? What, which is the Christmas one again? I know
0: it. I mean... 2,000 oh, Miles. Right. Yeah. Jeez. I, I played that when I was getting ready for this podcast and Jamie said, my wife said something like, is it Christmas music time? Is this a Christmas song? <laughs> like, it's podcast work. Podcast work. Podcast ah, nice. work. I mean, 2,000 um, Miles
1: is also great. You know, like... uh um, yeah. Then, or did you say that already? Did you say 2,000 miles or 10,000
0: miles? Wait. It's 2,000 miles. miles. Yeah, no, we we were just talking about that. And we're we're also, you know, overlooking the elephant in the room in terms of ballads. But look, I'll stand by you. You know, maybe you've seen that in a commercial for a pet shelter. Um, But (laughs) my take on it, my take on it is, sure, there are a lot of people that do a ballad like that. But it's Chrissy Hyde doing a ballad well, like that, it. and so it's fine. It's it. fine. It.
1: At least she <laughs> gets paid every time somebody covers it, or you know, every time a puppy goes away. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's fine. It's a fine ballad. Okay. What's weird is that we didn't pick. Don't get me wrong. That's a little weird.
0: It's, no, it's it's, it's I, hard
1: not to pick, don't get me wrong.
0: Too obvious, maybe? I don't know. But yeah, it's it a beautiful is, it song. It is terrific. <laughs> and
1: another one that I wanted from um, Learning to Crawl is Time the Avenger. Time the Avenger is yeah. such a hot track. Such a hot track. Oh my God.
0: Ugh. Well, it's when you mentioned "Talk of the Town." I also remembered because I, we talked about garbage in this, and when Garbage did "Special" off of Version Two Point at the end of it, Shirley sings, "You're the Talk of the Town," and they gave credit. That's a great... uh, you know where credit was due, um, and you know Shirley Manson mentioned once in an interview that you know, they asked for permission and. Sure, uh, Christy Hine wrote something back saying, you know, Shirley Manson could cover my damn ass if she wanted to, or something <laughs> like that. And I think Shirley Manson has that framed in her house. So, so Blondie and yeah. Garbage
1: are touring again in the UK, um, next summer. And and I know we, we've talked at on the Blondie podcast, we talked about oh, Blondie and Garbage playing Wolf Trap and how, yeah, ridiculously awesome. It's still one of the top 10 uh concerts I've seen at Wolf Trap by far. Um, it's because it was just so good. It was such a killer double bill. Yeah, but can you imagine if Pretenders was there too? Like, like I mean, yeah. like like that would be, like, like just like a mind blowing triple bill. Like, I mean, like whether I mean obviously Pretenders and Garbage would be just as good for me and you, but like I think a lot, or you know, I think a lot of people would flip out if like if there was if they were all together, you know, like or like you or there was some mega concert package that was like. Blondie, pretenders, go-go's, garbage. Like, (laughs) was fair. Let's put them all together.
0: Can I add one to that mix? Okay, folks, listen to this one. So, Blondie, garbage, pretenders, go-go's. And we're going to go back to one of our first podcasts. I'm going to have the Don is open up for all of them. So, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs)
1: Literally, somebody (laughs) send, somebody send like everyone who ever was on ER with the paddles to try to wake up Ski because he just went away.
0: Somebody called Donna C. Make sure she can still drum. Let's get her back in the fold. Let's, you know, find out where Donna R, Donna A, and Donna F are. And uh, <laughs> ladies, you, you've been called back in I, purpose. It's a
1: shame. That I wonder what they would think. Uh, I, I, you know, because I could draw a line from um, uh, from uh, what, what uh, you mentioned. that I can't believe I'm blanking on this title. Um, the, the the one from Last of the Independence. The one you just mentioned. What was it? Night of the whatever. Night in my veins. Night in my veins. Last yeah, of the Independents. my veins. Like,
0: Nine of my veins, yeah.
1: Straight. There is a line that I don't know if they even think of, but like, Nine of My Veins reminds me a lot of of early 2000s Donnas. Yeah. Like, and that's a compliment, you know, like gold medal Donnas. No, and I I
0: haven't made that connection before, but I think you're right. Like, a little bit of spend
1: the night and a little bit of like gold medal, like a little bit of, or or maybe even turn 21, probably more turn 21 than any of them, actually. The Donnas turn 21 kind of connects to that a little. I don't think that was on purpose. I think that's just like a weird overlap. But, you know.
0: Folks, go back to episode two and take another yes, listen. Yes, please do,
1: because it is available now on <laughs> Apple and Stitcher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, final thoughts? Anything? I mean, I, I have we covered them enough? I mean, uh, have we done... I mean, there are... I mean, if, if they're going to talk about the downside, like, I'm not always in on crazy Hines' ballads as much as I am in on the rockers, um, which does not diminish anything that I've talked about in the prior 48 minutes of this thing.
0: No, I mean, I think uh, if there's somebody cooler than Chrissy Hind, um I haven't met them yet. And if somebody, if one of our listeners can send us a video of them doing middle of the road karaoke and nailing it, I'd like to see that. It's not possible. I'd like to see that.
1: It's physically impossible <laughs> to do. It's almost <laughs> as impossible as trying to sing. Um, uh, oh, Sherry by Steve Perry. Uh, you don't Kennedy. do
0: it. You don't do you it. Don't you do just it. don't, do, you don't it. do it. You don't I do should it. Know
1: I tried, and
0: you don't do it. You <laughs> you don't just, do it. Don't do it. It's Steve Perry. Sherman, you, it's Steve Perry.
1: You just you just, you just, just can't fly uh, that high on borrowed wings. You just can't no. do it. The Greeks tried to warn me, and I did not listen. <laughs>
0: the Greeks and warned you, and you didn't
1: listen. And I didn't listen. But you can, you can meet someone at karaoke doing Brass in Pocket, and want to marry them. But there you that go. Is, I can say that for sure.
0: That's <laughs> and, it, and that's all we she wrote.
1: That's that. I should end it right there. Yeah. So, um, so, so we should button it up. Micah wanted us to do something that is more like, "Hey, it's the end of the show. Do what? 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 What can we do to Mike for Micah, our producer, Micah Joel, who's terrific? What can we do for Micah to kind of put a bow on it? How do we put a bow on it, T? Help me out, because I don't know what to do here.
0: Well, um, you know, we cover all the bases of the Pretenders. We cover the hits. We cover the obscure tracks. Uh, we cover the ballads. Uh, we cover the karaoke and some pearls of wisdom about their connections to U two, um,
1: and their connections to and their connections to
0: NXS via their producer. So.
1: Yeah, we've hit a grand slam on this one, Micah. That's we, right. We're
0: we we talked you into it. I don't I didn't even. I, you know, like We, we talked talk you into, into it. it. So, ladies and gentlemen, we talked you into talk it. How about that, Micah? Does that work? Perfect. Take care.